Hi, everyone, and welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. This, as you may recognize, is a maintenance service elevator, still in operation, waiting for you. Come along with us to see the magical worlds of Disney. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 653, and together we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook, community, videos, books, audio tours, blog, and more. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and find everything else at www.radio.com. So this week, we're going to continue our celebration of the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World as we pick up our conversation from last week, not just about the current state of Walt Disney World, but what's new now and coming soon. We're also going to discuss Walt Disney World's future, and I share some of my personal predictions and maybe a bit of a wish list of what I think we're going to see coming to the parks, including some that I believe will be here sooner rather than later. I'll then have our Disney trivia question of the week and more updates at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. So what, are we talking about the present? Share with me the present, either things that have happened in the last couple of days as part of the 50th, or just overall, something that you love, something that's meaningful for you, something that's a favorite. I've really enjoyed the, um, and this is one of those really random things, the Fab 50 statues. That that kind of brings it more back to the old celebrations where there was just some some little touches. And I can tell you, going to all four of the parks, trying to get the photos of them all, um, I would have appreciated a little bit more if they were put in different areas around the parks. But at the same time, walking up and seeing, you know, Frozone, Edna Mode, and then um, Sebastian and Flounder, and then going, where is Bo Peep and Woody? And then turning and seeing these very little statues because they're, you know, I don't want to say they're life-size, but they're accurate to size it's just a fun thing and it's it's a family adventure and you know everybody wants to find the statues and then kind of going into the future the the magic band plus that they just kind of revealed to us talks about there's going to be an interactive feature with those i mean i don't think it's going to be pal mickey telling us a bad joke about frozone but <laughs> you know maybe it'll light up a certain color it's it's just a small touch, and those are things that, growing up, I can remember going to going to Disneyland on anniversaries, and it wasn't about a huge celebration. It wasn't about a brand new attraction. It was about a button, hanging out with your friends, and usually getting a cupcake. Now we have to pay seven dollars for a cupcake, but at least those don't sit in our freezer for five years. <laughs> right. For a lot of people, they just take a picture, post it on Instagram, and throw the cupcake out, which is 
just, it's important, but I, I digress. I don't throw those cupcakes. I don't out. either. I, I've yeah, just yeah. seen other people do it. Yes, I did put. That's that. why. That's why I hang out by the trash. You gonna finish that? Yeah, I did put. Uh, <laughs> I did put the complimentary uh, uh, um, anniversary poster that we got. I put that in the freezer just so no one steals it because that's a hot commodity. That's a hot commodity. One thing that I love is, yes, you have those those uh, 50th anniversary statues in the center areas of most of the parks, but there are some hidden ones. Orange Bird, I'm looking at you. Abu, I'm looking at you. Even Tinkerbell is 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 a bit hard to find. And because of that, I love the, you got to go back again. Make sure you're checking them all off time and time again that you're getting those those 50 statues or those 50 characters. You're seeing all of them across the parks. What else for you is part of either the 50th or just present day? Well, one thing that has started not because of the 50th, but because of maybe a global pandemic that I actually really, really enjoy are the cavalcades. I think that what started as as making the best of a really, really bad situation has come to be something that I truly enjoy. You know, when they first started, when the parks reopened after, after COVID, um, they were a little more spontaneous. Now you can pretty much see on, on the My Disney Experience when it's going to come. Um, but I think because it's not the parade, because people aren't waiting out to watch it at 3 o'clock, there's still some spontaneity to it. There's still some magic. You hear it before you see it. You get excited. You're not sure which one's this going to be. Is it going to be princesses? Is it going to be villains? Is it going to be Mickey and his pals? So I really like that. I saw the new one that they did as well. Um, great song, as the kids say. That song slaps. You guys know that term? No. All right. Do, do kids say that it slaps? They say it. Song it's, slaps. It's, it's lit. Right? Uh, no, no, not lit anymore. Yeah, no. that's all right. Yeah, that's fresh. You know what? It's fresh. No. You've ruined it now. You've ruined <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do love those. And the flotillas in Animal Kingdom, I think they're awesome. Yeah. They're really, really, really cool. So I hope, you know, I mean, I think we all want the parade back. But at the same time, we kind of do want this to continue in, in this iteration because, I mean, less crowds. You know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to take time out of 3 o'clock midday when you want to be doing other stuff. So. There was there was there was, there was lots of opportunity you know not to sort of you know go back there was lots of opportunity that came out of the adversity yeah. of this and I agree with you I think there's some things that Disney did out of necessity that we hope stayed yeah. that I think are going to improve the overall experience I am 100 percent with you I wish that the cavalcades would stay bring a nighttime parade and give me the cavalcades during sure. the day though that's that's my hope because I love that surprise factor I I love not having to go okay the the parades at three o'clock let's make sure we're out there 90 minutes before sitting on the curb wasting my day it's really neat to just be walking along and hear that song or hear the the little bit of music that comes along and you know what's going to happen and then all of a sudden everybody just gets excited all at once and little kids are running to the side and I, i just think that it's unique in how it impacts you through the day and i think it actually has more of an impact than a regular parade um how Becky was saying it gets you excited. I, I have PTSD from the Epcot, the princess cavalcade, <laughs> because that music would hit at the most random time. And I'd usually be walking and it'd be like, move, move, move. And here comes the carriage. Um, but something else that came out of the cavalcades is something that I always loved about Disneyland was it wasn't, a character location. You didn't go to a character location. Now at Epcot, they've put the characters 
you know, Belle is in her normal area by France. They have Jasmine on the stage in Morocco. And it's not a line to get a photo with them. It is them interacting with guests. You can walk up, you can take a selfie, you can talk to them. And it, it, it brings back more of the spontaneity, not the we're waiting in line to wait in line to wait in line to wait in line. So I, I, I agree the cavalcades are something great. I, I would love to see... You know, even nighttime cavalcades, which I know would be very difficult because of the fireworks and everything, but just something more to expand on that. I, I'm not saying I don't want Festival of Fantasy back because that's an amazing parade, but cavalcades have one Festival of Fantasy have a cavalcade every couple of hours. You know, it's like the, the trolley show used to be at Magic Kingdom when it still comes back. Just the spontaneity, the, the fun, it draws in the people and something that you don't go, oh, I can set my watch that there's going to be a cavalcade at 3.15. What time's the 3.15 parade? You know, we as Disney fans, especially those of us who have been coming here for so long, we have to sort of strike this, this interesting balance between keeping one foot in the past and our sense of nostalgia and the things we miss and the things we love and the things we did as kids and, and what's current and, and what else is coming and, and what is changing. And as I was thinking about the 50th anniversary and the, 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 the long and short amount of time leading up to it and listening to other people's conversations in person and online as I just, I, I'm, I'm, I like to listen more than I speak, believe it or not, which it's actually, I know you would never, <laughs> is, you know, we had sort of set, and I think we as Disney fans, we set our, our almost sometimes false expectations for what we want to happen on October 1st, what we want this 50th to be. If you don't believe me, go to Twitter. Good luck. Um, I was there. <laughs> right. So, you know, right. And, and there's frustration, there's anger, there's rumors, there's all the things. And it's like, you know, even with the pandemic, I started to sort of list out all the stuff that we got on or around the 50th. Very quickly, off the top of my note-filled head, harmonious, enchantment. Did you see the new floats and the colors on the electrical water pageant? Yes. Which yeah, are cool. gorgeous. Um, I'll come back to what I think one of my favorite things is. I agree. Kite Tales, the Fab 50 characters. We're getting the new neighborhoods in Epcot. Creation Shop, Club Cool. Celebratory food. More than 71 <laughs> new items in Magic Kingdom alone. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Cirque here in Disney Springs. The new Cirque show, Drawn to Life, opens on Mickey's birthday and my daughter's, November 18th. Space 220. Oh, how I love you. So, Le Creperie de Paris. Wow, I really like you a lot. Steakhouse 71. We had a touch of Yeah, Steakhouse 71. All-time new favorite restaurant. Um, we we sat there for two and a half hours eating and enjoying the food. And I, I can honestly say that that will be the place that I go to the most. Connor, as the kids like to say, word to your mother, right? Isn't that, isn't that oh, wow. it? No? Don't you dare talk about my mother. <laughs> yes. You got that? Listen, you don't remember the joy that was vanilla ice. Anyway, of all he, the things... He, oh, he does some home makeovers now. I'm familiar <laughs> right. with that. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you, seeing Harmonia, the thing that I have been so incredibly impressed with, and I made sure I didn't watch any videos or even try and look at any pictures, all four parks now have, as their version of maybe, you know, their kiss goodnight, sort of the, the way to say goodnight to guests, are beacons of light. 
And the new Magic is Calling anthem, more importantly, Spaceship Earth Beacons of Light show at the end of the night is absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous. I could stand out there and watch that over and over again. I, I think it's gorgeous. Uh, I think you said beacons of light. It's the beacons of magic. Because of, oh, because I am of sure magic. that you got that from me because I was saying beacons of light for the longest time. No, um, I, you and I saw at the same time the spaceship Earth just... We've seen projections. We saw Mike Wazowski. We saw the Death Star. <laughs> um, you know, random things. And it was great. It was projections. But I feel with the new lights on there... That just became one of the biggest tapestries that Walt Disney World has. And the point where they turn it into the the globe from illuminations, reflections of Earth, and it looks, you know, just like the bad LEDs from the 90s, <laughs> uh, panning, or I'm sorry, early 2000s, panning around and doing the world. It was just, I, I was breath, my breath was gone. I, I can't even speak about it anymore. It, it was definitely something... I, when I moved out here, I always said, oh, I'll go see Illuminations every night or the fireworks. That is something that I would stick around Epcot for at the end of the night. And it's not even like a show. It's just yeah. a minute of that and then what they can do with the technology. And there was something about it. And it's funny. I did have an emotional reaction because I think it was being in that plaza, the prism being there again, the lights, the flags, the monorail with that cool sort of underlighting on it as it comes by. I was like... As, as new as this is, there's something nostalgic about it. And it just, it hit me, it did, it hit me in all the right feels. And I think that that, I think Spaceship Earth is absolutely gorgeous. But there's that spontaneity factor again, too. It's not just once a night. It's like, what, every 15, 20 minutes, something like that. But you don't necessarily know when that little presentation is going to happen. You just you hear the rumble, you hear something happening, you turn and look towards it. And much like what all these were built for, weenies to wean us into the parks, to wean us at certain areas, we gravitate towards it. And then we get to all look and share and be quiet and appreciate for about a minute this cool little presentation that transforms something that we've looked at so many times, all four of those those beacons we've seen so many times at so many different times of day over the years, but now they're all completely new, and it's incredible. And what I especially love about Spaceship Earth is that you can see it from everywhere. Yeah. You can see it from everywhere in that park. You can see it from outside the park. Think about all the different resorts oh that you're able to, you know, look, I had a chance to, to take a look at the new reserve over at the Swan and Dolphin, which has... 360 degree practically views from the top and single and you can see spaceship earth in the distance and i could imagine just how gorgeous that's going to be not just with seeing the fireworks but seeing that weenie um so well lit up off in the distance every rooftop restaurant or bar is going to be the place to be when those go off and i had beacons of magic on my list as well because it was so unexpected um, I think I remember hearing something about something going on with the four pieces, but it didn't really resonate to me how it was being um, explained. But then seeing that for the first time at Epcot and how happy it made me and how joyous it was to see it turn into what it turned into. Uh, I got to see that one. I got to see the castle at Magic Kingdom. But now I want to see the other two because I didn't get a chance. And unfortunately, I'm going to leave before I get a chance too. But that's going to be one of the first things I want to do when I come back. Yeah, it's a, it's a reason to not just stay in the parks at night, but to go and, and revisit. Uh, anything else in the present that you guys wanted to touch on? Yes. 
Well, there are two. There are two. Just really quickly, the, the expansion of France. I really think that's a beautiful space. I, I think it's really nice to walk back there. The, the ride aside of just being able to go back in that little corner. I've always loved France for its design and the fountains. But to add this additional space back there and, and the crepes are amazing. It, I sat there and I had my little crepe and I it made me feel like I did when I was actually in Paris. It, it's authentic. It's really good, um, good food. But the one I do want to bring up because I want to hear what everybody thinks about it because I have some thoughts. Besides Spaceship 220 that I didn't get to go Space to. Space 220. Yeah, 220, sorry. Um, beacons of Light. Um, <laughs> it's Jeremiah's fault. <laughs> Enchantment. I, I, I want to talk about Enchantment because it's interesting. I, I've, I saw it twice and a stream of it. And the first time I saw it, it did hit me emotionally in a couple of places. And it was because of the marriage of the music, the pyro, and the projections. So you brought them all together, and I felt it, um, being able to see the projections. We saw it from the rooftop at Contemporary the other night, and it didn't have that same hit to me of, of emotion as it did, because you don't see the projections, you just see the pyro and hear the music. So I really believe that you can't judge enchantment based on anything that is streaming again, much like harmonious and not even just watching it from the lagoon or watching it from the beach at Polly. You, you really do need to be standing there in the hub or a little bit farther back on main street. So you get the whole projection feel and you get to see what's on the castle and you get to see the, the pyro and you have the music blaring at you. I think that this particular show in general is meant to be seen in person with all of that around you 360 to really have the impact that they're trying to give you. Yeah, I agree. Um, placement, yeah, I mean, just like Disneyland too, you know, where you watch the, the uh, Mixed Magic show is important. And I think the sweet spot is just a little bit north of Center Street on Main Street USA because I, I still have not seen the, uh, the projections as well. Anything else, present time? Uh, just the enchantment. I, I've only seen it the once. Uh, to me, it it is what the fireworks should be. I mean, sadly, like Connor mentioned earlier about Illuminations, Reflections of Earth being there for 20 years. It, that is, in our head, nothing will ever top it. Wishes, by far one of the most beautiful fireworks. We all love it. The music, the Jiminy Cricket part. Um, but happily ever after, when that started, like Connor mentioned, everybody was up in arms. And I saw it, and I was like, okay, it's a fun show. Three years later, when it went away, I was sad. Because it does have that emotional touch, especially when Tinkerbell flies. Yeah. This one I saw the first night. I was there live. I was mostly sitting behind my camera filming it. So to me, it it's it's a normal fire, a Disney fireworks show. It is set to bring the feels of the kids that have seen all of the current Disney movies. Again, it's not about us old people. We aren't the ones that are spending the money on everything. Sorry, Connor, to jump you, clump you <laughs> on with this one. Um, it's about starting the new memories for the kids and throwing in Raya, throwing in everything current. It, it just, each, each year, or just like Disneyland, each couple of years, a brand new fireworks show. This, I hope, will be the new Walt Disney World trend of changing things up. So it's not just 
wishes constantly. And I, I don't say that because I want it to change. I enjoyed it. I definitely want a second viewing, a third viewing, a hundredth viewing. And I'm sure by that point, I'll fall in love with it completely. I think, I think too, that Enchantment is more of a personal show rather than a show for the masses because I think each person takes away based on their view of what they're seeing and hearing so there was one piece in it that I was fine watching it I was just, I love the pyro because it is a new technology in the pyro that I haven't seen before making shapes and things that, that I haven't seen them do which I appreciated but there was one piece that like spoke to 14 year old me out of the out of the blue and I wasn't anticipating it something was narrated and then a song came behind it and I was sitting there in tears because it spoke to something personal to me and I think that this show really does uh, to laser target into an individual look I'm gonna say it um, and I'm admitting I need to see both of these shows again um, in different contexts than, than the chaos that was those last few days. I felt more from Enchantment than I did from Harmonious. Mm. Okay. I, I did. Um, there were certain elements there, and I don't want to go into the, the, the breaking down well, you know, there's more story, there's more wonder, there's more adventure, there's more magic, because it, again, I think you're right, it's personal. But I sort of felt that little bit of feel thing going on. Admittedly, I also have a soft spot for Magic Kingdom. So I think that's that's part of the reason why. I think for me, I, I've only seen it once so far. And I need to see it on Main Street with all the projections, with everything to, to get a full feel for it. But I saw it first on October 1st. And I went with a couple friends to an area that I used to always love watching wishes and happily ever after which was behind the castle more towards beast castle that was an emotional thing for me because i used to work at seven Dwarfs mine train so when i would stand outside i would watch wishes from there every night this attraction or i'm sorry this nighttime spectacular uh it has to be from the front of the castle I don't think you can watch it there. I don't think it's going to come off the same as when you watch it at the Tangled Bathrooms, which was another location I really loved to watch fireworks at. I think you have to watch it in the front, so I think that that's something to be aware of. But another thing is, when Happily Ever After started, the song grew on me. I don't, I don't think I liked it to begin with. For whatever reason, the original song in Enchantment, I like it more right now than when I first heard Happily Ever After. I think the potential for that song is so much more. I don't know what it is, but inside me, I'm just gravitating towards that song more than when I heard Happily Ever After for the very first time. Sing me a little You Are the Magic. Come on. That's all right. No, no. I I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, I I don't disagree with you. Um, But let's, let's move into the future and some things that we are excited for we are anticipating, or even maybe something that we are predicting for the short and long-term future. Hmm. I got got something. This one's interesting. I'm, I'm excited for competition. I think that, I know we don't like to talk about 
you know the wiki watchy it's fun i get it well, hey you know the 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 u word you know so universal you know universal which i often like to describe as you know the place where spider-man lives sure well when you go to the family reunion then your older teenage cousin who's kind of cool maybe he smokes i don't know that's kind of universal right no it's they're cool they're cool they're cool no they're cool they're cool but um, a little edgy, a little different, but they're doing a lot of really, really cool stuff over there. Epic Universe is going to add another theme park, maybe even two. They have plenty of land, a bunch of hotels. I think the competition of what they're doing is only going to drive Disney to innovate, to create, and to build more incredible things that we can uh, experience, of course, in the parks. But one great thing about this is you don't have to go to Universal to benefit from this competition. Disney's going to compete with Universal whether you go there or not. They're trying to pull people away from there, just like Universal is trying to pull people away from Disney. If you're a Disney fan and you're only a Disney fan, this competition is going to be great if you continue to only go to the Disney parks. I've said for years the best thing that happened to Walt Disney World was that Universal Studios opening down the street. Because we as guests, we benefit from it. When it's Disney versus Universal, the only winner are the guests. That's the only winner. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I love, I love that fact, though, because it's – and it's not that they're trying to pull guests from each other because they both have a separate, different type of target audience. Yeah, and as you grow out of one, out of the smaller children in your family, you have the teenagers that want the epic roller coasters. And so there is an answer for every family by coming to Orlando in general. Yeah. So you can come to Disney and you can go to Universal and it's great. So I love – the competitive nature of it because we know that when um, Universal kind of hit the ground running with Diagon Alley, there were some people over on this side that were like, huh, they told a pretty good story there. How can we one up it? And like you, both of you said, your points, we all win. Mm-hmm. So, what's on your list? I'm going to say Star Cruiser right off the, the bat, not only because I've had to live, breathe, and think about it for the last <laughs> week, um, and will be starting tomorrow quite a lot, but I love the idea of this because it's a disruptor. I love a good disruptor because it's thinking out of the box. It's something very unique. If it works or not over time is going to be the, the biggest uh, question. However, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to work. I know. Yeah. I'm thinking so, but I mean, over, think about over, you know, five years I, when you're charging this kind of money for this type of experience, is it going to work or not? That's, that's a question, but I think it will too. And if it does imagine what other people will do with that same type of idea. Um, Universal could, could take Hogwarts to a whole new level with that. But it's in the in the general hospitality industry of what can happen when you Im- truly immerse a guest in an experience. And I'm excited to see what comes of it. Right, where we are no longer, well, it's like the theme park experience, where we as guests no longer want to be passive observers. We want to be active participants. And I think we're going to see that not just in places like the Galactic Star Cruiser, I think you're going to start to see it in places like the Disney Wish yeah. and future cruises and certainly attractions as well. Yeah, I this Galactic Star Cruiser, as Becky was saying, and I think you both kind of alluded to, how is it going to change in five years? Because I, as a Star Wars fan, want to be one of the first people there. 
all my other Star Wars fans want to be the first people there. After the first three years where every single Star Wars fan has been there, will it start to decline or will they go, hey, you know what? Here's mission two. Here's mission three. Let's let's make it so it can time travel so we can face Darth Vader. Those are the things that I look forward to seeing the most. I mean, I, I can't wait to step foot in the, the Star Cruiser and experience it. Uh, but it will be watching it grow and change. And just like Connor was saying with Universal, everything Universal does comes back to Disney. We have Disney MGM Studios, Disney's Hollywood Studios, because Universal. We have Rock and Roller Coaster. We have Tower of Terror because they wanted the thrill rides. So I think we will we will see something from Universal down the line. And then it'll come back full circle to Disney going, you know what, let's top this. I, I don't think I, I, for the future, I don't believe that we will see a fifth park at Walt Disney World within the next fifteen years. I, I'll say fifteen. I don't think much longer than that they'll probably find something. But that is something Universal's Epic Universe, still that name. Um, <laughs> I think will cause ripples in the theme park industry and those ripples will be good for us as for my look at the future the two things that are on the immediate horizon not horizons um the tron light cycle run i had the ability to ride that when i was in shanghai just an a great attraction it tells the great story it has the emotional ties and hopefully 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 it'll get enough people watching tron and tron legacy to get that third one out uh, but something that you and i both got to experience a few days ago was guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind we had the chance to walk into that massive building um I you can't over like you can't understate how no, big this building is. I, I, no, I I was trying to describe to my friend how when you walk in there, like it, the Imagineers had to tell me to watch my step because I couldn't look down. I was just staring up. It is so massive, and anybody that's gone on People Mover and seen Space Mountain with lights on, you understand what a coaster looks like. This coaster is all around you and. You know, again, to jump back to the Universal, there are screens on this, but it's going to be screens directed by James Gunn starring the actual Guardians of the Galaxy. How can this attraction go wrong? I I shouldn't have said that. But and the nice thing is it's an Omni coaster, the, the new terminology that they're doing. And yes, it's going to be a bit of a thrill. I mean, they they put it in between. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Big Thunder on the Thrill. So it is the good transition for the family, for the kids, you know. And I, I think this coaster will have the tie. I, you know, yes, the coasters that we all grew up with, there was no IP. We, we all love Space Mountain. We all love Big Thunder Mountain. But Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I know Lou and I have talked for days about Marvel stuff. So this is just going to be... I think that this will be the one that will change the game for Epcot. Well, I think one, it's going to change the game for roller coasters because this Omni coaster is much like the Omni mover where you could move the full vehicle 
and as a director can literally direct people to the scenes you want them to see as opposed to looking around on your own, it's going to change, again, sort of that setting the, the bar higher for everyone else. And we can only imagine, based on what we've seen in things like the um, uh, Mission Breakout in California Adventure, the music, uh, what, the, what else they're going to be able to bring into this attraction. Um, for me, as I normally want to do, it's not necessarily the things that I know about. Again, there's in the immediate future, Cosmic Rewind. Tron light cycle power run like little blue Mangello riding on the light cycle is what I've always dreamed about and I've done it in Shanghai you know how amazing that is Princess and the Frog Disney Genie the play pavilion in Epcot in which we don't know a lot about um, for me it's the stuff that we don't know yeah. that has me most excited um, and we're we, we keep talking about things like interactivity <laughs> personalization we're seeing that more and more we hear a little bit more about what this magic band plus might do and this is sort of i think the very tip of the iceberg in terms of what that device and our app which is now not the thing that we used to want our kids to keep in our pocket but we have to take out um so i actually think um in terms of things that have not been announced that we will see in long-term future is much like where we are the first and only time I ever saw it was literally right here. I would bet dollars to mm, donuts. We are going to see a drone show. Um, there's going to be a nighttime drone show. I'm going to run to Everglades really quick. I'll oh, be that's, that's <laughs> best chicken sandwich anywhere in the world, not just the Walt Disney World. And it, what? Okay. I also think that the next step of the experience for us as guests, especially for younger guests, I looked at Connor, but, mm -hmm. is that we want, and they want, <laughs> not the passive experience. They want interactivity. They want personalization. I also think what we're going to start to see is the continuing gamification of mm -hmm. our experiences. I think our phone is not just going to be a portal to things that will interact in the environment. I think we're going to see AR uh, on our phone, and I think there's going to be more for us to do when you're not doing anything. Right, things to do while you're waiting in line. Remember way back when, when Soren had the interactive game and Space Mountain had what it now is such a rudimentary game. They don't need to build that into a, a pavilion anymore. They're able to build it into our phone. Um, I also think, and not to get overly nerdy, um, I think that NFTs. Nerd. Nerd, nerd. <laughs> I actually dated once. <laughs> once. Um, I think NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and I think the collections and collectibles that are digital in nature are going to be part of the Walt Disney World theme park experience. I think we might not necessarily have to see the chaos that sometimes ensues when a new Loungefly, Dooney, Tumblr, whatever comes out because we are going to own, trade, display, and share these digital assets. And if you have ever bought a skin on Fortnite, if you've ever upgraded something in a video game, if you've ever bought a, a digital collectible like that, you own an NFT. And I think over time, this is going to start to become more into the everyday vernacular. We're very early on in it. Jeremiah is actually showing some of the things that some of the NFTs that he actually owns on his phone um, on the Play Disney app, um, I mean, to jump onto this, 
the Play Disney app has some great interactivity, but the the badges, the the achievements are something that I pride myself on. I will send messages to my friend in California when I get a new badge just to mock him. Um, the Disney Wish, the the upcoming um, Becky, what's the name of the interactive game on there? I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, the one on on the the current? No, the oh. upcoming the Disney Wish the with the spyglass. Um, oh, yeah. I, yes, that yes. one. Yes, um, that was when when I was able to talk to the creative people behind that, and they said you'll be playing all the midship games on your phone. I said, "Is there achievements?" And they're like, "You know, that's funny. You are not the first person to ask about that because nor shall you be the last." Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Oh, Jeez, talk about the past. Um, yeah, those achievements don't cost anything other than waiting in line. I, I got the Remy's. Ready to Adventure one. I got the fiftieth one. I went opening day for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge purposefully just to get that, and it's it's a draw. I mean, I think Play Disney app is one of those underrated things that hasn't been talked about since before the pandemic, and it's just a lot of fun to do. Well, like you said, you see in Galaxy's Edge where the skin changes to something that looks like a data pad, and I think that was sort of the very early test bed for interacting with the physical environment as well as interacting with an AR environment as well. There's a reason why the gaming industry is actually much more profitable and makes much more money than even the the entertainment industry. It's because people do get addicted to these games and it's easy to be pulled in. It's easy to find ways to monetize games and collections and pieces and there's a, a lot of um of focus in that right now and in a lot of the aspects of what we're enjoying in our disney experience so i enjoy it i think it's kind of fun it's neat to like you said you kind of um tease your friends because you found something or got something that somebody else didn't it's almost like um when you're collecting pins or you're collecting other pieces and digitally it's a and i'm gonna idea. come bring it all the way back okay. full circle because as somebody who, in the future, wants to see more Walt in the parks, I think we've gotten away from that just a little bit, I think this is what Walt wanted. Because I think families will be able to have fun together. Maybe Dad doesn't want to ride, you know, the new Guardians ride. Maybe Mom can't handle Tower Terror. Everybody can do this because we all have a digital device. We can share in that experience together. We can play collectively. Look, how many people do we see in line playing Heads Up and playing these other games together now they're gonna be able to do it but in a way that's going to interact with the place that you're in as opposed to this third-party app that's disconnected but even you know we can have these things where families can all get involved but i think where the technology will even go further is getting on the ride sitting next to someone and each of you have two totally different experiences new ways to maybe experience old classics maybe haunted mansion gets something where Maybe there's a VR headset involved. We've seen this at other attractions elsewhere or a component on your, you know, uh, Magic Band Plus. But ways to experience the attractions in new light with new set of eyes. And you can experience it differently from a person in the Doom Buggy behind you or in the Doom Buggy before you. I'm not saying they're changing Haunted Mansion. I don't, don't come. Another Connor at you guys. Don't come at me, bro. That's another <laughs> phrase for you all. But I think... There's so much potential with that going forward. I'm going to let I'm going to throw one last thing out there and it's possibly wishful thinking, but 
I really do believe that it's going to be true. And I'm not one to throw out dates or date ranges, but I think this will happen within the next decade. There is no way that Marvel is not going to come to Walt Disney World. Disney and Universal are going to work out the details of that archaic agreement that happened pre-MCU, because I'm sure if I'm Universal, there's a lot of reasons, fiscal and otherwise, but the characters who were there are living in a time that kids can't relate to. And I think it's there's a there's a very much of a disconnect for kids waiting to see MCU characters and like, wait a minute. That guy's wearing underpants and Wolverine's wearing yellow tights. I think it just has to change. Look, even in California, like, it's not Marvel's Spider-Man. It's not Mar- So there's a lot of things that are sort of blocking the way for just the natural progression. And I think those hurdles will, without a doubt, um, be overcome, much to the joy of nerds around the world. I agree with you that it's, it's going to happen someday. It's just a matter of when that's going to happen because there's a lot of money at stake. Thursday. Thursday. (laughs) Lou at WDW. Thursday and they're changing the Haunted Mansion. Okay, got it. (laughs) We're announcing it now. Is that what we're doing? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, seriously, it it does make business sense for both sides. It makes business sense for Disney to acquire those rights back. It also makes sense for Universal to hold on to it as long as they can to get the best deal that they can for it. So... Eventually, those two sides have got to come to some sort of agreement. Is it going to happen this year, next year, five years from now? Who knows when, but hopefully it will happen. So, Becky, what you're saying is Disney's going to purchase Universal? <laughs> <laughs> Becky at MEI-Travel.com. She called it here on October 4th. Um, Believe me, I want to do I want to do events over here, Marvel events like you have no idea. So remember that. Th- never yes, mind. Yes, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> we'll still do it. I know. Whenever this someday, happens, we'll do it. Someday we'll talk about yes. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so many things. Is this on the whiteboard? Is it? Well, no, it was no, on the whiteboard. Well, it was on the whiteboard. And that was when I knew what was on the whiteboard. Then oh. they stopped telling me what was on the whiteboard. <laughs> Look, with with fifty years of history and legacy and memories and all these other things. There's obviously no way we can touch on it all. I think this is a really interesting look at the past and the present and the future. I certainly want to hear from you, our friend who is sitting out here on a glorious evening in Disney Springs, by the way, what your thoughts are. Um, Share your thoughts, your memories of the past, present, and future, what you miss, what you love, what you loved, or what you are most excited for. You can do it a couple of different ways. You can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Or come be part of the community and conversation over in the clubhouse over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. When you're done doing all that, you obviously have to go see what Connor and Jeremiah and Becky are up to. Just quickly tell people, quickly, Becky, tell people where they can find you. You can find me at WDWOpinion.com, on social media, at WDWOpinion. I'm on TikTok. These guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, wait, wait. The TikTok? At WDWOpinion on all social medias. You can follow me. And you do the little podcasty stuff. Do a podcast, all that stuff. You can buy my book, From Yacht Club to Diamond Mine, on Amazon or WDWOpinion.com. Wow, I I need to write a book, I guess. Um, I'm Jeremiah at 
all the social medias, but mostly I'm found at laughingplace.com. We actually have a real website still. Um, our social medias are all laughing underscore place, um, Instagram, Twitter. We have a TikTok. Are you on it? Oh, please tell me you <laughs> no. dance on the Tiki Talks. No, I, I put up a few attractions videos just because I got to, you know, stay. I got to slap with the kids, as yeah. they say. Yeah, I wouldn't slap any kids. Wow. <laughs> yeah. On Thursday, yeah. on the Haunted Mansion. Oh, no. um, but yeah, laughingplace.com, we're always, we cover all pretty much the entire world at this point so we're and always you guys there. you guys have been around a long and i mean this in the best way you guys have been around, you've been doing this a long long time we we started in the late 90s and have been going ever since uh becky is one of our amazing sponsors we love her to death we love lou i now am very fond of connor so <laughs> we'll bring it all full circle and I can be found at Becky Mankin, spelled weird, B-E-C-I-M-A-H-N-K-E-N on all the socials. And our uh, company is M-E-I Mouse Fan Travel. So that on all the socials. And you can find us there and or at M-E-I-Travel.com for all of your vacation planning needs. And you know what I can't look for? I can't wait to look forward to more than anything because you didn't dinner? do one more thing besides dinner because that's next is... D23 Expo, where we can hear all of the new things that we'll be talking about, looking forward to next. All right, you know what then? I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. I actually think we're going to get an announcement at Destination D in a month. Mm. What type of announcement do you think we're going to get at Destination (laughs) D in a month, Lou? I am sure that history is going to prove me completely wrong, but I believe that that last year, when Destination D was canceled... There was there was a noticeable absence at D23 Expo of all the things that were coming that there was no discussion of the Imagination Pavilion. My feeling was that they were saving that for the Walt Disney World enthusiasts and fans and guests to announce something at Destination D. I think that announcement was pushed back. I expect to get it this November because if you look at the pavilion the way it is now, it it it's waiting for something. And I think that what it's waiting for is the announcement that is going to be updated. I, Lou Mangiello at WW Radio. Uh, no, I completely agree. I, I think you and I both put that, those pieces together of how it was missing at D23 Expo. And yes, the last year was supposed to be the Destination D out here, which they always focus on the Walt Disney World aspect. So this one is celebrating the 50 years it's coming up in in less than a month. Um, so that really is the last piece of Epcot that hasn't been talked about. I mean, we may, we may get some clarifications on some of the past plans, but there was a noticeable omission of the journey into imagination pavilion. So hopefully we're all behind Lou. If not, we, we know where to tar and feather. Him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Becky, Gentlemen, um, you who has been listening, thank you so much for this. Um, I, I do. I just love talking about this stuff. I love reminiscing and enjoying what we have, all the, all the gifts that we've been given, not just this year, but every year at Disney, and what the, uh, the potential future might hold. Very quickly, just lightning round. Tell me your favorite Walt Disney World attraction, attraction song, character, whatever it might be. The first thing that comes to your mind my favorite Walt Disney World, blank, go. Making Memories from the uh, original Magic Eye Theater in Epcot. That, that song, to this day, 
is an absolute classic and the fact that Walt Disney World or the Disney Company has not profited off that song since is a tragedy. Long before the old Model T. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I'm so happy you did it. I want to give you a big hug. My favorite attraction is the People Mover because my mom worked on it. And when I ride it, I get to see the attraction I worked on in Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And I love that it comes full circle. Oh, my God. I love that, too. It's like the only attraction that I make sure I ride around in the Magic Kingdom. Becky, you got to bring it home with something big. See, that was my answer, though, because I love the TTA. But now I'm going to turn around and say my dark and twisty Hollywood Tower of Terror. Because I love that ride. I have to ride it every time I'm in that park. I've got to go. Everybody's scared of it. I personally like the Disneyland version better now because it's a party and a ride. I know. But he said Disney World. But I still love that attraction. It pulls you into the story. It's dark and twisty like me. It's awesome. All you had to do was say Boathouse and we could have, we would have just been, it would have been a drop the mic moment. I guess I have to answer? Yes. The, answer. the Sherman Brothers. The Sherman Brothers music in the parks. I like, Wait, did I miss the Sherman Brothers ride? Is that no. your I said character, attraction, memory. Oh, this could character. have been anything that you wanted. Character. It could have been anything that you wanted to be. Well, my favorite brothers are Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I like April, May, and June. Yeah. The nieces. I know they're not here yet, but they will be Thor and Loki because, you know, brothers. Well, we're talking about brothers. Oh, I mean, she had to make it weird. <laughs> Hot <laughs> Dreamfinder is all we have to say to make it weird. Take Thor and Dreamfinder, smish them together. And there you go. Family friendly. Family <laughs> G-rated show. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history, or I want to see how well you'll pay attention to the details in which you see, hear, remember, or even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. And this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you. And I mean it when I say that, because as part of the WW Radio Nation, you literally help bring every episode of WW Radio to life Every live broadcast from the parks, the contests, giveaways, they're all thanks to, because of, and for you. So you can find out how you can help the show for as little as a dollar a month and get cool exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, trivia quests, group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, stickers, shirts, monthly care packages from the parks, and much more. You can learn more and join the nation by visiting www.radio.com support. And don't forget that a portion of your completely optional contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Now, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, as long as we were talking about the past of Walt Disney World, I wanted to bring you to an opening day attraction, specifically the Country Bear Jamboree. And I asked you to tell me, what does Gomer keep on top of his piano during the Country Bear Jamboree show. Thanks to the so many of you who entered, got this one correct, clearly paid attention while you were watching the show because you know that on top of Gomer's piano is a beehive. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WW Radio pin and keychain, which you can only get as part of a trivia contest prize package, and I'm also including a bonus mystery prize from Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary collection, 
And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Jen Gleason. So, Jen, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we're going to stick with the past, present, and future theme of the past two shows. And this week, we're going to go over to Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, which obviously also celebrates the past, the present-ish, and the future, if the future was the 1980s. Anyway, in the opening scene of the Carousel of Progress, what is the father holding in his hands? So the father narrating the very first scene in Walt, Disney, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress is holding something or some things in his hands. Tell me what they are. All you need to do is go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. And again, this week you're going to play for the pin, the keychain, and another mystery prize. You have until Sunday, October 17th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to enter. And of course, don't forget... I promised last week I didn't get a chance to do it this week. I'm going to have my special 50th anniversary Walt Disney World prize package that I'm giving away on my Instagram at Instagram.com slash So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I'd love for you to be part of the community and conversation and talk about this week's show, including what you are enjoying most right now in the parks or even what you're looking forward to or predicting for the future. You can be part of the community and conversation by joining the WW Radio Clubhouse group on Facebook at www.radio.com slash clubhouse. I'll post this question there. And of course, there's plenty of other fun, family-friendly conversations that are going on there as well. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Facebook. Instagram, and LinkedIn. And please be sure to like and turn on notifications for the WW Radio page on Facebook so you don't miss a thing, including our live broadcasts, not just every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, but sometimes unannounced lives from the parks and other locations as well. Don't forget that Yeehaw Bob is coming back to Port Orleans Riverside this Thursday, October 14th. I will be there. You can be as well, either if you're going to be in Walt Disney World, come join the fun at 8.30 p.m. Eastern or watch and chat live at www.radiolive.com. I'd also like to invite you to join our spoiler support group. If you love Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars spoilers, including what's been going on and what if, you can join that group at www.radiolive.com slash spoilers. Speaking of Marvel, there's still availability to join us on our Marvel Day at Sea cruise from Miami on the Disney Magic, February 5th through the 10th. Or if you can't make that cruise, we're also going to be cruising twice on the Disney Wish, including a four-night inaugural cruise on June 20th and a December 5th, 2022 Very Merry Time cruise. You can find out more and get a free new obligation quote by visiting our events page at www.radio.com slash events. Speaking of event, I am incredibly excited to be going back to my favorite food-related event of the entire year, the Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic, Friday, October 29th, and Saturday, October 30th. The event is gonna take place completely outdoors this year, making it both safe and delicious, and it features unlimited, repeat, unlimited tastings at more than 20 different food stations, featuring culinary selections from all the hotel's award-winning restaurants like Blue Zoo, Shula's, my favorite sushi restaurant anywhere, Komodo's, and many more. Plus, there's gonna be more than 100 different beverages amidst this incredibly festive backdrop of live entertainment on the hotel's causeway. 
The event runs from 5.30 to 9 p.m. on both Friday, October 29th, as well as Saturday, October 30th. You can learn more and get your tickets at swandolphinfoodandwineclassic.com. I'll put the link in this week's show notes and hope to see you there. And speaking of events in Walt Disney World, my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World, November 13th and 14th, now only has seven spots left, but I have extended our $100 off sale. So now you can save $100 off both your weekend workshop ticket and the optional Monday Mastermind ticket for just a couple of more weeks. So if you are looking to build your business or brand and turn what you love into what you do, I invite you to go to lumangelo.com slash momentum to find out more how this two-day workshop will really help you not just learn, but network and make real changes to your business and your life. I'm going to be incorporating lessons learned from Disney and how to apply them to your business. And we're also going to talk about email marketing, productivity, time management, content repurposing, building community how to launch, overcoming struggles, audio, video, live, tools, networking, and a lot more. Again, visit lumangelo.com slash momentum. Again, that takes place November 13th and 14th with the optional mastermind on Monday at the Hilton Lake Buena Vista, right across the street from Disney Springs. And just in case you're looking for one more reason to come, it's also during Food and Wine Festival. But I digress. Thanks again to Mouse Fan Travel. Visit mousefantravel.com for all your vacation planning needs and to get a free no-obligation quote to any Disney or other destination on the planet. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tell a friend, share a link to this or your favorite episode over on social. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. Even if that's not your podcast player of choice, go to www.radio.com slash Apple. Leave a review there. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Red Frag, who says, Great Disney information from somebody who became a friend. I love this podcast. Lou covers all different aspects of Disney, from the parks to the movies to cruises and adventures by Disney and, of course, food. Listening to Lou is like listening to a friend talk, and if you follow him on social media, he does, in fact, quickly become a friend. Very grateful for the in-depth touch of Disney, especially as I live outside of the U.S. and can't get to the parks and cruises often enough. Red Frag, I appreciate you. We are friends, and I'm grateful for you taking the time to leave a review. I'm also grateful to and for you, and I hope that this show continues to bring you a little bit of happiness, maybe even some positivity and joy into your day, into your week, and maybe, just maybe, it even inspires you not just to choose the good and find the good in everything and everybody that you encounter, but to be the good, to be that positive change and influence on others as well. I hope that this really is your best week ever. I hope to see you this Wednesday on the live show, Thursday, from and with Yeehaw Bob in the clubhouse or in the parks. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope that this really is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison in Flowertown, Pennsylvania. I'm calling because I just had to tell you guys I'm so excited about this. So... I don't know. I know a lot of you probably saw it, but I posted a video on The Nation when my brother saw the Millennium Falcon for the first time and was in literal tears. It was one of the best videos I've ever <laughs> recorded in my life. It was pretty amazing. I had to catch his reaction because he's die hard, diehard Star Wars fan since day one. Um, and now... I have included him in our trip to Momentum. So now it's going to be myself going to Momentum, my brother, my sister, my daughter, 
and my niece. And they want to go to studios on Sunday while I'm at the conference. So now I went ahead and booked Savi's workshop, and I cannot wait to hear what my brother thinks. I'm like dying over here. I want to tell him so bad, but I'm surprising them both. My my um my daughter and my brother, because my sister will be gone by then, with Savi's workshop on Sunday, and I am so excited. I cannot wait to see what they think. So yeah. Um, I'm glowing over here, like if you can't tell. Anyway, I'm going to get back to listening to you guys and listening to the latest podcast and eating. He might cry a second time. He cried like a baby for the Millennium Falcon, and he just might cry again at Savvy's workshop. And I wish I was going to be there, but I'll be with you guys at Momentum. So anyway, have a wonderful week, you guys. Um... And I'll see you all in the box. And uh, tomorrow is the 50th. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen. It's going to be really hard to work tomorrow. That's all I have to say. Um, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hi, everybody. It is Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Sorry, my voice is not too crazy. It is a little bit sore from being back to teaching. Um, and once again, I don't even know when the last time I called in was. Um, time is legitimately flying by. Um, hope everyone's doing well. I'm listening to um, your most recent episode, Blue, about the top ten most important um, things to happen in the Star Wars history. And I will be one to admit, like probably many Disney fans, that in complete honesty, the only reason I'm a Star Wars fan is because I'm a Disney fan. I am one of those people from that camp. I watched the film completely in a weird order, um, starting with the quote-unquote new ones. Um, so I feel like I have a very different perspective on the whole story and the lore. And luckily, uh, my boyfriend absolutely loved them as a child growing up. So it's just nice that, like, he introduced me to them and, like, from a different perspective of, you know, them from episode uh, four all the way through. So regardless, um, you guys mentioned the whole, like, agreement between George Lucas and um, Disney and Bob Iger and how that sort of happened. Um, if you haven't read, just for anyone, um, Bob Iger's autobiography about, uh, titled Ride of a Lifetime, he has a chapter where he mentions the acquisition of Star Wars and his relationship with George Lucas, um, of course, it's from his perspective, um, not George Lucas's necessarily, um, but it was. I thought it was interesting because um, I've also read things about George Lucas's perspective and how, yeah, he kind of regretted um, like letting go or letting go of certain things and his role with it. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. If people are kind of wondering or want to learn more, Bob Iger's book. Um, was really good in that regard. He also talks about his um, relationship with Steve Jobs and Pixar and um, all that good stuff. So if you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend it as a book. Um, I think it's just important to read, especially if you're talking Star Wars and the history behind it, these important events like that. So highly recommend it. Hope everyone's having a magical day. Um, yeah. 
and you are doing something good for yourself, um, remembering that a, you know, to make someone smile, to believe in the magic, and that even the littlest things um, can make someone's day. So I will talk to you guys real soon. I'm so excited for the 50th. Totally got cut off, which means I was talking for much too long. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hope everyone's excited for the 50th. Hope um, everyone that's traveling down has so much fun. Sad, I won't, I'm like really sad. I won't be able to go down for it. It's kind of eating me up inside. Um, but yeah, I will talk to you all soon. Stay magical, be magical, make someone stay magical, and have a magical day. See you real soon, guys. Bye.